Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, I think Arthur Smith is starting to finally see it our way. And the Hawks may be cold, especially in the fourth quarter of games. But you know what's still hot? That conversation about what's going on in and around State Farm Arena. And whether or not you agree or disagree with Prime leaving, there's a bigger issue here. We'll talk about all that next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Just want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Snitcher your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by Bet Online. And also, if you're tired of looking at us on our phones, on your phone, you know, on a small screen, you want to look at us on a big screen. Check us out on Amazon Fire and Roku. We are right there. All you got to do is search for the Locked On Sports Atlanta app, and it's right there. We'll pop up. All the episodes right there. You can get caught up in everything if you missed anything. Because if you don't watch us every day, you are missing a treat. I can guarantee you that. But, T, today is, I think, is a, a day of reckoning, right? Because when we've talked about, had conversations coming into training camp and coming into the season and mm-hmm. after Marcus Mariota has had bad games, which was seemed pretty be, be pretty frequent. And people even got tired of us talking about Marcus Mariota not being a starting quarterback and putting Desmond Ritter in the game. Now we have found out that Arthur Smith might be on the, in the same boat as we are um, because I think that, you know, he's been adamant about Marcus Mariota being the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you look at the head coach and standing by his guy, you don't expect anything different, right? But I think that when you hear this, this little quote right here, I thought it just stood out to me, and I thought it was really, really interesting. He said, the decision at quarterback will be based on, quote, what's going to be best for this team short-term and long-term. You know what that means, T? I think that the head Arthur Smith, the head coach, is saying, you know what? As much as I want to have a veteran there, a mobile quarterback, a guy that can, you know, uh, be an extra weapon uh, mm-hmm. in the run game, mm-hmm. I have to make a decision what's best for the team because, like, we talked about those one or two throws that can be the difference in the outcome, and it just hasn't been working for the Falcons when you talk about the last month of the season. Yeah, I think that quote may have been – arguably the only thing Arthur Smith has said to give us an idea of what he's thinking as to who is going to be under center on December 18th in the Superdome. So I feel like it's trending in the direction of Desmond Ritter and certainly the come from behind when Bucks over Saints last night probably leaned it a little bit more in that direction. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, because now it's a game and a half. And where do you see the opportunity in your four games, your last four games versus the last four games for the Bucks to win the division, which is your only path into the postseason? So if that's not really essentially on the table, then you might want to check out Ritter. That's really the short, the long-term evaluation. And then the short-term evaluation may be, well, if you're saying I got a shot, 
let's think about it. Your defense for the last couple of weeks have held teams to 20 or less, and you couldn't to, you could you couldn't beat them. Yeah, the, the defense that everybody has talked about, the defense that has taken so much flack throughout this season. And I think that now, don't get me wrong, like teams have been running the football like crazy on them. However, they have been able to get some stops and, and hold, those, hold those teams to field goals. And, and they held Pittsburgh Steelers to a lot of field goals. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was a kicking frenzy right there at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Sunday. So I, I think that you have to reward them in some manner. And then yeah. when you have guys throwing their hands up in the air after mm-hmm. being overthrown by Marcus Mariota and, and Drake London talking about getting the ball more leading up to that matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think some of those things are mm-hmm. things that you have to pay attention to as a head right. coach because at the end of the day, Marcus Mariota is a, is a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a guy who's always open and forthcoming. And, you know, he understand, he's self-aware. And he mm-hmm. talked about how he has to make more plays on on, on throwing the football on third down. So all those things kind of come into play when when Arthur Smith making a decision. And then when you have the, the Falcons right now or or have a they're like about a five percent chance, a little bit over five percent chance of making uh, the playoffs, it, it seems like a no brainer at this point, though, right? T. Yeah, unless something happens in the bye week, because, of course, we know the rest of the teams in the NFC South are playing. So if miraculously and again, I'm not wishing any ill will on anyone, but if the Bucks fall apart again, based on, say, injuries, if you will. okay, then maybe you have a shot because then maybe you'll kind of creep up to a game back. Right. Versus a game and a half back. And then that might be a different conversation. But I will be honest with you. It's been seven years. Now seven and a half, almost eight. Yep. And the same Marcus Mariota you saw when he was drafted, number two, is the same Marcus Mariota you see today. Desmond yep. Ritter, you don't, you may not know what you have, but then you don't know what you have. Right. So maybe it's time yeah. to check out what you have. And I and I think Arthur Smith kind of touched on that too as, as well. When you think about what you know, there's a, there's enough tape. They can, there's enough tape out there, right? <laughs> for for what you know, for them to make decisions. So it's not like we're mm-hmm. talking with four games in the season. Like, well, well, let's see. No, we've seen this offense start off really well from a scoring standpoint, and then they just progressively got worse. And then, like I said, with, specifically in the last month and a half or so. So I think that you know, we'll definitely there'll definitely be a decision made, and I think that both of us make can agree that. More than likely, we're going to see number four and the Falcons going to find out what they have in their quarterback. Speaking mm-hmm. of uh, knowing what you have in the quarterback, the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, they know what they have in their quarterback. That's a Heisman finalist, T. Mm-hmm. Like, let, I just want to go back just a little bit, right? Rewind this doggone season because I, people kind of looked at me kind of crazy when – because Stetson Bennett came out hot. Like, he mm-hmm. was white hot when you were talking about um, – Throwing the, throwing the football and Todd Monken's offense was going. And then some of that, that conversation started to cool a little bit. I even backed up off it a little bit because he started to struggle. Right. Show us, you know, at time to time, he was throwing, had made some bad throws and interceptions and turnovers and everything. But as the season went along, when 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 the lights were on and, mm-hmm. and, the, and shining the brightest, that's when we saw Stetson Bennett kind of come, come to the table and say, hey, hey, look at me. And I think that the people in New York are starting to pay attention. Yeah. And it was exciting because it, it's the storyline. I mean, it's the yeah. guy who 
was the walk-on, the guy who carried the clipboard, the guy who left and was asked to come back, and the guy who was sitting behind every quarterback known to man, it felt like, you know, in, in that fourth spot. And here we are. Here we are. And he's in another four, but this time it's the top four. So you're not fourth in line. And I don't think he'll necessarily be fourth in line for the Heisman voting, to be honest. I don't think so either, yeah. Especially depending on when you voted, because obviously some voters do it at the end of the regular season. And yeah. still, that would be a good thing for Stetson Bennett. Right. But some may do it in the postseason as well, like, uh, you know, the, the uh, bowl season, excuse me. And so I'm thinking to myself, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be shocked if Caleb Williams didn't win. Right. But I wouldn't be shocked if Stetson Bennett was second place. Heck, with the feel good story he has. And if there's some lobbying to say, OK, did any of these four quarterbacks sit just about every fourth quarter of every game and yet still had thirty four hundred plus yards and 20 oh, touchdowns? Right. I mean, that's probably why he won the Burleson Award last night, too, given to the quarterback in the country or really any player in the country who was a walk on and you know rises to this level of success. So that's awesome. But, yeah, I dare you to look at everybody's stats across three quarters and see how they stack up. And that's how he might sneak in and shock the world and win the Heisman Trophy. And look, he shocked us. At every turn. I mean, the right, goal yeah. keeps moving. Oh, well, you know, eh, he's just a walk on. Okay. He, he gets, you know, into that fourth spot. Ah, well, you know, then he gets third, second, and then, you know, he's the first quarterback. Ah, well, yeah, he's doing it. And he, you know, he's got, they've got that uh, world beater defense from last year. Okay. They've got a good defense this year. But, and, and so it's always something. Oh, now he's got great receivers and great tight ends. You still have to throw to him. We know right. that from what, the Fal- what we see with the Falcons. You still have to deliver, and I believe Bennett has done an amazing job of doing just that. That's why they call him the mailman, and I think that you know. And shout out to the coaches, the coaching staff too, right? Because what they see, they had to not believe, they had to unsee what they saw in him, right? Because yeah. in order for him to be the starting quarterback and come into the se- this season saying, "Hey, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about anything. You're the you're the starting quarterback," and I think that that was kind of my. My downfall when looking at Stetson Bennett, I was kind of looking at what he couldn't do instead of what he could do. Yeah. And Todd Monk and Curtis Smart say, you know what? You might not be the greatest quarterback, but we can we can work with what you got. Like, yeah. and I think that that's what you have to credit to, to the coaching staff and mm-hmm. also Stetson Bennett as well because they had a resilience to to continue to fight and say, hey, you know what? I belong. He's proved that. And if he wins the Heisman, man, kudos to him. <laughs> Like you talking about being a rock star team yes. oh, <laughs> in, in, in the in the city of Athens? I would never move away right. from Athens if I'm if I'm staying. Well, I think in the state of Georgia, to be honest with you, right. I, you might even extend that to the southeast with wherever the dogs are. Like I think right. in a place in South Carolina, but it happens to be owned by a Georgia graduate or somebody from Georgia. You yes. might get that meal for free for life too. So we shall see. We definitely shall see. Um, if you're trying to see about getting some money, how about this? You need to go to betonline.net because it is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. I'm looking you dead in your eye because you need to understand and listen to me right now. Because guess what? I was checking out the website, team, and I was looking through some things. And, you know, we're going to talk about uh, Prime a little bit later on. My guy, Deion Sanders, if for those you don't know, how I refer to them as on this show. The betting line on that game is what? Jack State is favored by 16 and a half. The over-under is 56. 
probably don't even know who they're playing because of for other for reasons that we're going to discuss a little bit later on. <laughs> NC Central, they had a good season this year, so they will be playing in the Celebration Bowl. So you're trying to bet some money on some HBCU football, win you some little change, go to betonline.net because it continues to be the top online source for all your sports waiting your information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. You guys come to us each and every day for all your ATL sports information. So if you're trying to figure out some which way you're going to make some money, what the spread is on the game, what the over-under is, go to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because Bet Online is where the game starts. Well, we don't really know if you would say the game started on the court for the Hawks or if the game started in the press conference at practice for the Hawks at the Emory Complex on Monday. It started, though. <laughs> but it, right, it started and it continues even to today. So, of course, Trey Young met with the media after Monday's practice. And it's interesting because you kind of saw like a a minute-by-minute, play-by-play situation from some of our local beat reporters saying, hmm, haven't seen Trey yet at practice. Hmm, haven't seen Trey yet. There's Trey. And so finally, you know, DeJounte Murray, he meets with the press and basically says, you know, no snitch. And then mm-hmm. Trey Young comes out and he has to meet with the press. And then there's a heated exchange because one reporter had the gutsy call to WSB, Zach Klein had the guts to actually ask the question and ask the question and ask the question. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, I don't have an issue. First of all, I don't even know why we have to say this, but I don't have an issue with the question because it it makes sense, right? Because, you know, um, Trey's response, and he continued to use this, talking about being a private matter. Mm -hmm. Like, you made it public when you didn't show up for the game, dude. Like, that's, that's my thing. And, and I think that what we have to understand with, with, with Trey is I don't think we even having these conversations about little stories leaking out or mm-hmm. the rift between he and Nick McMillan and if he was playing better. Yep. And, if and if Trey was playing better, right. we wouldn't even be talking about this, T. I wholeheartedly exactly. believe that. Uh, yeah, that, that would be definitely would be a part of it. Or if this team wasn't doing the things that they do in the fourth quarter, because oh, it makes us look every time we see the breakdown in the fourth quarter, the question goes back to chemistry. The question right. goes back to what's going on in the locker room and who is all into Nate McMillan's philosophy versus who's not. So that was, you know, one of my questions like, hey, at the end of the day, you even look at the leadership piece of it, right? Yeah. So who steps up once again in the game last night, other than, you know, missing the two free throws in the last 31 seconds, but it was DeJounte Murray. And again, no offense, but when you look at the stat line, who beat you? The other point guard. So it's very difficult when Shea Gilgis Alexander is out here scoring 22 points of his 35 points in the second half and out here getting, you know, six rebounds and assists and steals. And his stat line looks like that. And we know Trey's stat line was one of seven from three, six of 19 from the field, four turnovers. That's very difficult to overlook when that's been what's more consistent for us than not with him this entire season and then just kind of looking at the way the team played it was just disjointed it just as it as the game wore on let me say it that way it was just disjointed and that goes back to the question of you can't tell me some of this wasn't kind of lingering a little bit even past trey's statement in the morning nate's statement in the afternoon because at the end of the day nate kind of addressed it head on and took accountability for it 
Trey kind of skirted the issue and it felt like, okay, you're the leader. You kind of got to take accountability and rally the troops and say, you know what? My bad. I could have handled it this way. And then you move forward. But I just wonder, can you really move forward because of the way it was handled? And was that off-putting? Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing, right? Because when you think about, you know, the, the whole leadership piece, mm -hmm. like, it, it, it's a lot that comes with that. Yes. Um, I, I think that when you have a guy like Trey mm -hmm. who's been told he's great all his life, like, yeah. let's just keep it the book. Let's keep it fun. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, that's the type of lifestyle that he's lived. And right. I think that when you come up against a guy who has, I ain't going to say he has more credibility than you, but mm -hmm. Nate got respect. Oh, around yeah. the league you know what yeah. i mean you're talking about Absolutely. a guy who coached 1500 as games like, as a player first of all yes yeah, as a player first yeah. and i and i think and then also as a coach as well so and i think that that was one of the things that 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 that, that came into play when lord pierce when it came to lord pierce because mm -hmm. lord lord didn't necessarily play he didn't play in the nba he right. played at what santa barbara That's college there. and kind of bounced around you know whatever mm -hmm. but and i think that that's why Trey was able to kind of pull, move him on up out of there. Right. And I think, like, right now, though, let's go back to the issue at hand when Lloyd Pierce was, was the head coach. Mm -hmm. What was the issue? Fourth quarter. They couldn't yep. hold on to leads. And you telling me that Nate was able to come in, mm -hmm. fix it, and then make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now you're saying that Nate can't fix it right. or he doesn't know how to fix it now? Right. At, at some point. At some point, it can't be on the coach. And I hear right. see people, oh, fire Nate, Nate McMillan. No, man. Yeah, I shouldn't see that trending. These I don't want to see that trending. Right. Now, I don't want to see that either. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to see that either because my, my opinion would change wholeheartedly on Trey Young because I, I like Trey. I, I really think that he, he is really on to something from a player standpoint. I think that he can take this team to where they want to be and to be contenders in the East. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that when you have a situation – where we've seen this movie before mm -hmm. and it can't end the same way it did last time because right. the guy who you brought in, he came in and fixed it. So you mean to tell me he forgot how to coach? Mm -hmm. It's on the players. Right. Trey, you got to get it because this team will take on your who you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Running from accountability, not yeah. being able to show up in the fourth quarter when you need to mm -hmm. and, and not answering the question when you say, hey, just keep it, just keep it funky. Yeah. Like Nate and I had a discussion about it. We, mm -hmm. We're good now, and I'm just yeah. looking to move on. Cause yeah. kill all that private matter stuff, man. Right? Yeah, because when you go there, then anyone—and I do mean anyone—could have. And granted, Zach Klein kept, you know, following up, following up. But really, he was anyone needling. he was needling. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I said he was needling. He was needling. Yeah. He was yeah. trying to find but something. Anybody yeah. could have done that. Anybody yeah. could have followed up the question because you never answered it. And right. you got to learn that you you do have accountability because. You didn't show up for the game. John Collins, who was injured, showed up for the game. DeAndre Hunter was at the game. You weren't. And you're the person that when folks walk into the arena and they see shoot-arounds going on pre-game, they're looking for you. They're looking for you. And even if they don't see you on the court, they're looking on the sidelines to see where you are, what you're doing. Are you already dressed in street clothes, which means you're not going to play? When they don't see you, that becomes a story. And I think the other piece there is this. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And that was why I had a question about how this, two, two questions. 
Number one, does your best player always have to be the leader of the team? And number two, there's an organizational question out there. But before we go there, I just want to remind you guys that we appreciate you for always stopping by ATL Day Ones first and foremost, but always make your second listen and your second stop locked on sports today. I don't doubt that they are talking about this story because it's ongoing. This Trey Young, Nate McMillan, Hawk saga, it's continuing to go on. So those are the types of stories that they touch on on Locked On Sports today. Also, instant reaction from things like last night where Tom Brady does TV 12 things in the last three minutes of a game to put the NFC South division race on its ear yet again. So check those guys out. And just like you guys love for the culture on ATL Day Ones, you're going to like theirs as well. It's called uh, Your Take. So definitely check them out. And uh, again, it's Locked On Sports Today. Wherever you get us, you can go get them. Odyssey app, YouTube, and of course, wherever you download your podcast. Now, going back to the leadership thing. For me, it's a question of, does your best player have to be your leader? Assuming, this is if we assume Trey is indeed the best player, because you could make an argument for DeJounte Murray because he's a two-way player, right? But let's make the argument that Trey's the best player on the team. Does he have to be the leader? Because you're certainly getting what you need in leadership out of DeJounte Murray. He's showing it, he's speaking it, he's coaching up those young players. So you're getting it out of him. Could we see a scenario where maybe those two guys kind of sit down and kind of talk about the true role that each person has? Because if DeJounte is embracing his leadership role and it's something that Trey's not interested in for the most part, can they be a switcheroo? Like, bat- hey, Trey, when we're on the court shooting, you're Batman, I'm Robin. But when it comes to switching some things out, like even John Collins has had to do these last couple of years, can we say maybe that's where DJ kind of steps forward and maybe Trey kind of falls back? You do be Well, let me ask you this. I, I, I do think that the your best player doesn't have to be the leader, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you do have to lead in some in some form or fashion. Right. And you have to lead by playing great and, mm-hmm. and, and being the exemplifying on the court. And you don't have to say anything. Like you mm-hmm. don't even have to say anything when you're talking about being a leader when game time goes around. I need mm-hmm. you to say, hey, hey, Trey, hey, it's three seconds left on the clock. We need a shot. And it's it's on you. Let's go. You take us fearless leader. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. And right. I think that that's what I feel like the leadership role that he can take on because mm-hmm. asking him to be the guy to stand up on, on the court and off the court. Right. I, I think we are starting to see that that might not necessarily be who he is, but I, I think we have seen, and I don't want to speak for you, but I think that we have seen that with DeJounte Murray, oh, he can be that guy to speak up and say, and be comfortable saying and being comfortable enough in his skin to say, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'll go back to the question I asked him. When uh when on opening night at State Farm Arena, I asked them where his style of play come from. Like, why is Nate giving you the leeway to just do what you do? He said it started with my uncles. Mm-hmm. And one thing I know about playing basketball with my uncles as a young age, they ain't trying to give you anything. Right. And you have to go out there and get what you want. And yeah. and, and that's the type of guy that I feel that Dejounte Murray is, and he fits into that leader role, that leadership role. Trey, mm-hmm. Trey Young, not so much because I talked about it. I was like, he's a guy that's been told he's great since day one. And 
those guys are different. And I've been mm-hmm. in locker rooms with those type type of guys. And I'm not saying I'm not being I'm not catering to one or the other or saying mm-hmm. one is bad and one is, is positive. Right. But I think that you have to understand what this fit is for in, in that leadership role. Right. Because there are multiple roles mm-hmm. and, and I don't think you have to have one leader. And right. we because those are some of the things that I think that Trey is working on as long as like because I think at the end of the day, at this moment, Mm-hmm. With those guys, you know, having those conversations, I, I feel like they're going to have those conversations at some point between yeah. amongst the team. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that at the end of the day, this is all smooth over. Mm-hmm. If Trey just starts shooting, but he's shooting under 30 percent. He's 35. Mm-hmm. He's a career 35 percent shooter from three. He's shooting mm-hmm. under 30 percent right now. Yeah. And it's starting and it's really showing that yeah. the Haw- that's why the Hawks, I feel like they are where they are right now in, in this um in this season. Yeah, and you can be co-captains. I'll use that term. You can be right, co-captains. Yeah. Just as I said, when Trey does what he does on the court, then he's Batman, DJ's Robin, and then they flip that. Maybe when you're on the sidelines and timeouts, the expectation is not that Trey can't coach folks up, but the expectation is you kind of know DJ's probably going to do most of the coaching up. But I will say this. It's something that Tony Wrestler, Landry Fields, and company have to watch out for Travis Link. They all need to still keep an eye on it because from an organizational issue we can say that we think this is going to smooth out and of course we can be optimistic but how many times have we had this conversation in the last two years how many times do we keep coming back the only difference i would say this time is that the 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 whole locker room turned on lloyd pierce when lloyd yep. Pierce fired yep. this whole mm-hmm. locker room is is not at odds with nate mcmillan in fact not this whole all. this 99 of this locker room is pretty much on the Nate bandwagon. It's just that everybody's got to get on the wagon and everybody's got to figure out where they can sit on the wagon and then it'll move forward. And you got to be comfortable and confident that it can move forward. And one more thing, if you're going to have those uncles or you're going to have those dads in your ear, make sure you have the right people in your ear because they're not the ones that have to go in that locker room every day and have that chemistry or lack thereof be an asset or liability so be careful with that but hey look if you watched that game last night you know what would have helped you out in that fourth quarter as you saw them melting down getting yourself a built bar because you know what if you like me i needed a snack after a minute as well and a built bar (laughs) is at least a healthy snack for us right so if you are stressed out in the fourth quarter of a hawks game or you're stressed out like second day in a row guys that i had traffic issues coming home accident on top of accident, or you're looking at that calendar and you're saying, oh, dear God, I only have 19 days to buy my Christmas gifts. Get yourself a bill bar and everything will be okay, right? It's chocolate 100%. There are cool little puffs that you can eat, right? And 160 grams per bar and 15 grams of protein that are easily soluble. What that means is they're going to get in your system and they're going to give you all the help that you need to give you that extra push. So if you are interested and you should be go to built.com, use the locked on 15 code and you will get 15% off your first order. And because it is Christmas, why don't you go ahead and spread the wealth and make that one or two of your stocking stuffers. That's built.com locked on 15 is your code on your first order to get your 15% off. Locked on sports Atlanta family. Listen up. If you want to get in contact with the show, hit up ATL day ones at gmail.com. 
I promise you, one of us will respond. It might be me because you know T on me stunning y'all sometimes. Right. She got like seven jobs, so you know, she's a little busy. So, you know, I might have a little time to kind of figure it out when the babies are asleep. So yeah, if you want to get in contact with the show, ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanisha, ATL Day Ones at gmail.com. And I promise you, you will get a response. But T, this is for the culture. It is intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. And sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's how we get down on the show. Today is definitely no different because I think there was one interesting aspect that I felt like we didn't get a chance to talk to speak on yesterday was mm-hmm. not on not necessarily whether or not we agree or um whether as to whether or not um Prime should have left, right? Mm-hmm. We like we've have been plenty of discussions about that, but I think the main thing over here or the overarching thing that we have to take a look at is how this is how this will affect HBCUs going mm-hmm. forward. And yeah. I think that that was the, some of the thing. That's the thing we have, we, we have to look at because, you know, when we look at the program, just let's look at the programs, right? Mm-hmm. Jackson State, back-to-back SWAC championship, you know, going for the Black College National Championship, playing in the Super, I mean, Super Bowl, the Celebration Bowl mm-hmm. uh, 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 in, in, uh, in, a, in a week or so from now and versus Colorado, mm-hmm. 1-11, haven't they've had one winning season since 2005 and the last few coaches that they've had they fired the only guy who hadn't been fired was oddly enough Mel Tucker a black man who got on up out of there and and went for greener pastures as well so I think that that's the thing that we kind of have to kind of be cognizant of instead of whether or not we agree or disagree with whether or not prime left yeah I would agree as well I I don't think any of us ever should have fooled ourselves that yeah. he was going to stay yeah. at Jackson yeah. State forever and ever, amen. And nor should oh, no. he, because hey, if I get a promotion opportunity, trust and believe, I'm going to look at it. And if it's right, because hey, sis don't like working 17 jobs. So if the <laughs> opportunity is right, I'm taking it as well. And that's all he did. And that's what coaches do. Like yes. your whole goal is to keep building, keep building. And hey, yeah, well, we'd love to keep him in the ranks of you know hbcu land sure but if there's a better opportunity for him why not go ahead and pursue it and yeah colorado certainly is not the greatest job in the world but again i feel like that's a stepping stone for him for where he can go and appreciate what he did in those three years i actually love what uh, d orlando ledbetter said our og here in atlanta yes he said it wasn't that Prime necessarily, Coach Prime necessarily elevated the Jackson State program. It was actually more of like returning them to their former glory. And I really like looking at it that way because I feel like that could be the conversation about HBCs overall. Like maybe they were in their heyday right there at the moment when Eddie Robinson was churning out all of these players like Doug Williams and like Frank Lewis who were going into the league and doing major things with Mm -hmm. Grambling. Maybe this is that, the renaissance. And if that's what Deion Sanders did in three years, Sir, take a bow and move on. Absolutely. Okay. I think so. I think that that's that's the thing that we're gonna definitely keep an eye on because like I I'll be honest, I'll be open about it. And I'm rooting for the guy. I hope he does well. I yes. hope he use that use that school as a stepping stone because mm-hmm. I mean that to be honest with you, that's what it is. I don't see oh, yes. him being there that long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. he can do have the same type of effect at a PWI that he had at uh Jackson State. He mm-hmm. won't have that job for three yeah. years. Trust me. <laughs> Prime will be at one of the big boy schools, in it, whether it be in the SEC 
or in the ACC in the South where he belongs, I feel. So we thank you guys for rocking with us throughout the entire show, you know, making us a first listen. Also, check out Locked On Sports today because and make that your second listen because they have a lot of good things. Talking about the national stories, they have mm-hmm. the take of the day. All of those things are available available for you wherever you get our podcast. Make sure you make your second stop at Locked On Sports today. We will see you tomorrow. Y'all come back now. You hear? <laughs> 